It's still unreal. We are the national champions of the 2022 NCAA basketball tournament. Welcome to a really special and unique episode of the Super Classy Midwest Sports Podcast. We are coming to you from our man cave to your man cave on a jury night. I am your host, DC Dizzle. With me, as always, is the doc himself, the hype man. Hype man, how are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, brother. And yourself? Oh, still, still living a dream, I feel like, man. Still has not hit me that we are the national champions hey, of the world. We are the champions, just like the hat on my head says. <laughs> it does. 2022 national champions. Well, hey, cheers it to does. that. It does. Cheers so, to that. Hey, I guess as we say that, you know, we'll get started to any Missouri fans out there. We offer our PC apology, you know. Yes, yes. We don't mean to offend anyone, but it is our show, and we are happy. So. Yes, so, uh, stay tuned. We're going to put up pictures a little later in the podcast um, after the show's over of a banner revealing that we're going to have. You know, that's right. We're going to have a banner revealing tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and you'll have to wait till late night for it. That's right. That is the National Champions banner. Yes. Going up in the man cave, which we just want everyone to see because we're just so dang happy. Yes. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But hey, as, as an aside, um, as we get going here today, I know you said uh, McCormick was going for the draft or declared for the draft. Um, I'm kind of surprised by that. I am too. Yeah. Um, did, he, did he get an agent? Uh, he has not signed an agent yet. Yeah. I know that he's the national championship really opened up his opportunity for to test the waters, but he is eligible to come back for his super senior year to get that extra year of COVID. Yeah. No, so, he'll be back. He's, he's I hope not, he is. He's not quite ready, but hopefully he can go and get some like good advice, like Ochai did. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, good you know, for him. Man. I like to see. I like to see uh, McCorry come back. I like to see Christian Braun come back next year. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Also, would love to see Jalen Wilson come back next year. Um, and we're already going to be loaded next year with all those guys coming in next year, anyways. So yeah, it'd be nice. But either way, we're still the champions. We are. You yeah. know, and what really surprised me, Oscar De uh, Suive from the De University. Of, yeah. University of Kentucky, who won the John Wooden Award, is coming back coming this back. year. Yeah, Kentucky must have uh, offered him more money than than whatever he'd get in his rookie contract. <laughs> exactly. So, so anyway, Blake Le- uh, Blake Love and uh, Andrew Borat from North Carolina, they're coming back. So, yeah, dude, I was surprised to hear for that. They'll be loaded. I, I wonder how much those kids are going to make. I know we did the NIL deal episode like earlier on, and it's like from the time we did that episode till now. Things have totally changed. Yeah, like back then, if you were a top recruit, you were getting one million or one point five million. Right, and now it's like that number's like tripled. So, dude, there's no telling what those guys are getting to stay at Kentucky or North Carolina. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's upward like five mil. You right. know? who yeah. knows? And then whatever their family gets too. Right. Well, and that transfer portal too is taking a big advantage of all the lot yeah. of big transfer guys. Dude, the transfer portal, something else. Uh, we'll let that happen, and we'll do some stats on that. Yeah, wait till some stats come out. We should do a show on that too. I agree, one hundred percent. But dude, all right. As an aside, we talked about Trevor Bauer, pitcher for the Dodgers, who was suspended for basically having rough sex. His suspension was extended until Friday, and he is hoping to uh, basically pitch on Sunday. So you know, it's been a long, long haul for him, and uh, yeah, hopefully he can get out there and throw some ball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although, I agree. Although, 
I, I still think he kind of crossed the line and took it a little too far there. <laughs> but, you know. He always thinks everybody's guilty of not proving not, not, yeah. proving not guilty. If you're giving a gal a concussion while you're having sex, you probably took it too far. Yeah, I would say so. But, hey, we got a great episode today. This is a very unique episode. Dude, I just kind of about this one. It's something we've talked about a long time. I know we've talked to a lot of our listeners about and got a lot of excitement, and it's finally time. That's right. We're here to discuss the life of a sumo, sumo wrestler. Sumo wrestling. This is yep. nothing in the United States. We are going. This is, this is a sports podcast, and sumo wrestling is sports. And it's time for us to figure out and discuss what the heck is the life of a sumo wrestler. It is. What you is know, sumo wrestling? And when when you when you came up and told me about this a couple weeks ago, you're like, "Dude, we need to do it on sumo wrestling." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, dude, I think that'd be kind of cool because it's not popular in the United States. It's more popular in Japan and well, Korea." When you when I think of when I think of sumo wrestling, I think of Street Fighter. Right, e Honda. Oh, e Honda. I go yeah. straight to e Honda. Yes, and then I think of uh, e Honda in in the movie, right. the movies, the Street Fighter films, you know, or or you think about how like like sumo wrestlers were just depicted in in uh, pop culture back in the day, right? You know, um, so I don't know. I think it's going to be a great episode. No, and wait, but also I think of uh, from WWE, Yokohama. Mm-hmm. Remember him? Mm. Oh, I mean, that guy was a yeah. big guy. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So. All right, when I started doing research on the life of a sumo wrestler or what, like, just diving into sumo wrestling, it is definitely not what I thought it was. Um, that's for sure. But I think we could start off with probably just the history right. of sumo. So it goes back to at least 1,500 years, uh, making it the world's oldest organized sport. Yeah, it goes back to at least the 8th century. Yep. Um, from my understanding, sumo was done as sort of a ritual for the Shinto gods. And uh, they brought in sumo wrestlers to face off for the emperor. Yeah. And it was it was sort of like this celebration and religious ceremony. Well, did you know that the word sumo is written with the Chinese characters for mutual bruising? Mutual? Oh, I did not. So oh, it goes back cool. in ancient times, became a professional sport in the early EDO period. 1668. In fact, judo owns uh, its rights to sumo because it, it it came from sumo is how we got judo. Yeah. So um, had it not been for sumo wrestling, we would never have judo. Exactly. Which which I think is pretty cool too. In fact, back in the day, man, uh, your your average sumo wrestler was about our size, so like just normal size guys that drink beer, you know. <laughs> but when we think of sumo wrestlers now, I mean, you think of like you know super large, big guys. guys. That- Although when I looked up the average size of like a lot of sumo wrestlers, they're really about they're like not even as big as NFL linemen. So yeah, I mean, your average sumo wrestler is only you know what less than six foot tall, less than probably three hundred pounds. Yeah. So in fact, uh, there's a height requirement. There's no weight limit, but there is a height requirement and there a is. weight requirement. There is. But um, I don't know. We can get into that a little bit later. So yeah, sumo's been around fifteen hundred years. It is the official uh, sport of Japan, which I think is pretty cool. And they hold uh, t- tournaments twelve times a year. And if you're in if you're in sumo wrestling, and you want to be at those tournaments. That's basically how you get your claim to fame. Yeah. So you got something for us, Dizzle? I did. I just found this very interesting. So this is kind of another history fact about sumo wrestling. So in the 14th century, sumo became a professional sport 
in the 16th century, sumo wrestlers toured the country. Well, let's go back. It started before that, but then it died out and came back. Right. All right, continue. And so, um, in the old days, some left, so some wrestlers were homosexual prostitutes at a various time, so women were allowed to compete in, in the sport. Interesting. They're not allowed to compete anymore. Exactly. Um, one famous wrestler during that era was a nun. A bloody version of sumo was briefly popular then at that time. Really? So that was very, very in the 14th century. Wow, I yeah. didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. All right, so most of the wrestlers were homosexual prostitutes. All right, I could see that because sumo wrestlers all lived together in one house. Yep. And they pretty much wear... It was basically a frat part. Like a frat house is what the size of the house was that they stayed at. Well, they live in a frat house basically where they wear their Kisho Mawashi. Yeah, it's called the diaper. That's their diaper. Dude, they wear that all the time. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. They would get up every single... Well, we'll talk about that because that's... Yeah, but you would think... We'll talk about that later. You would think, though, you would want to put on pants. Well, you would think so. But they're walking around in them little thong diapers, the little Kisho Mawashi, pretty much all the time. Yep. So, I don't know. Whatever. We'll talk about the life of them Here later, when, when later. we get done with the history. Yeah. But interesting. So, it became a bloody sport. I know there's pretty much no rules in sumo wrestling except you can't gouge the eyes, pull hair, uh, and you cannot uh, um, punch. can't throw any punches. And I know that if you pull off someone's Kisho Mawashi during the match... Uh, it's over and that person lost. Yeah, I knew that. In fact, those little those little uh, those little little outfits they're wearing, those things are like 30, 30 feet long. Yeah, and they wrap them around them several times. I've watched a video of this whole procedure they go through just to just to. Uh, weren't they weren't they heavy too? Oh yeah, they're real heavy. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I, when I was watching some of the videos, they were. In fact, they all wear like a dark one. Unless you become a winner. If you win a sumo wrestling tournament, you become a Yokozuna, which I believe we've all heard that word, right? right. That means you're a, wrestle, you're a sumo wrestling champion, and you get, instead of a belt, instead of the little, the little uh, strap, you actually get a white rope they wear around their waist. Yeah, I remember and, that. And that's how you know you're a champion, is you wear a white rope. Right. In fact, sumo wrestlers don't really make much money Unless you're a Yokozuma. Yep. And then you're pretty much a national hero. Yep. So, all right. So, yeah, been around a long time. It basically went away for a while. People thought it was silly. And then it came back here in the 14th century. And it sounds like, man, it was it was on like Donkey Kong. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting when, you, when, when we go back and you look at the history of yeah. sumo wrestling. All right. How much, how the, the sport has been so, it's so popular. Well, they even have sumo wrestling in uh, the Olympics now, I believe. Are you sure? I think. Uh, I know they did a couple uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, huh, I'm not sure about that. But I thought there was. What is sumo wrestling? All right. Basically, you got two guys facing off in a, a circle that's about 15 feet in diameter. And they have to get up early before the match and make that ring. Uh, yeah, they, they do. They have to get up. They make the ring. If you got the first match, you have to go and make out, separate the ring exactly the way the measurements are read. <laughs> they wrestle on a clay and sand platform, and the rink, the boundary is basically rice straw. Yep. Um, and they go in the rink, they face off, they do their, their ritual bow, you know, to each other, you know, sort of bow, you know. Uh, the official takes, like, salt, spread it on the, on the rink, 
and that's basically to say, you know, to kind of please the the Shinto gods and and to bless the rink. And then they face off, and basically they just collide into each other. Yep. Um, basically. And and the matches only last a few seconds, but it pretty much goes until you either push your opponent out of the circle or you make him touch the ground in some way. Right. So there are basically eighty-two moves that are approved in the world of in the world of uh, sumo that you could do. So and and I watched a lot of videos. They did sumo wrestlers versus judo wrestlers, and it's really cool. Yeah. 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 So another thing about sumo, there is no weight limit. No, there's not. And there is no weight classes. Nope. I so, knew that. Basically, you could be 150 pounds wrestling a 300-pound dude because you have to be at least 148 pounds and at least 5'5 five, five to wrestle. It used to be 5'7, but you had a guy who was too short who went and had some surgery done, basically added like a forehead to his head so he'd be tall enough. And after that, uh, down in Japan, they're like, hey, you can't do surgery to make yourself taller, but we'll let it be so you can be a little bit shorter to get in. But there is no weight limit, and there is no weight classes. So it basically anyone anyone versus anyone. So they do tournaments 12 times a year, and these tournaments are 15 days long. Every day, you, you will wrestle one person, and the best wrestlers fight later in the day. And uh, at the end of 15 days, they decide who the champion is. And these, are big, these tournaments are a really big deal, and a lot of people evidently go to them. So... Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting too. All right, so yeah, they make the they make the rink themselves. They wrestle in it, um, and if if an official, if an official, all right, the officials or the referees basically carry a knife with them, and it's symbolic. But back in the day, if you were a, a referee and you made a bad call, or if if the fans disagreed with your call, uh, you were obligated to commit suicide. As, as a gesture of, of shame. And I, I think that's pretty wild. So Yeah, that's crazy, yeah, dude. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine watching their match and people were like, hey, hold up, no, it, no, he didn't win. And then the official's like, fine, I'll kill myself. Be like, hold up, man. Hey, just, just do a rematch, you know? Like, don't, don't kill yourself. Just let him, let him go again, you know? So, I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. But, all right, so let's, let's talk about the life of a sumo. All right. You know, you think of the fame and glory. These guys are going and eating, you know, China buffet, American buffet, old country buffet, whatever. And you think that they're just, they're just, you know, getting bigger. Nah, man, that ain't it at all. If you're a sumo wrestler, you actually, your whole life is sumo. 24-7. Dizzle, you with me here? Yep. You're Googling stuff. I'm, I'm with you. I feel like you're Googling stuff. I am. I'm trying to do a podcast, brother. I know. No, no, I'm Googling something. Do you something. even know what I just said? Yeah. I don't think yeah, you did. I do. I'm you're not going to ask you because I know you didn't listen. We're talking about the life so. of a sumo. I got right, it. Right, right. I'm trying to, I'm looking up a, a guy, there's a guy from Topeka that was, well, went to Washburn that was a sumo wrestler and he's one of the best in, in the world. Nah, he was, but when you want to talk about sort of the first the first American wrestler to really uh, do well in the world of sumo was a Hawaiian guy named uh, Aki Bono. So, well, so like I was trying to find out the guy's name from Topeka that uh, ends up. The guy's name is Roy Sims, bro. Yeah, yeah, I don't, Roy Sims. You're over here googling. We're doing a podcast. His name's Roy Sims. All right. Anyways, if you're a sumo wrestler, 
you your whole life is sumo. You basically live in this sumo dojo with your wrestling compadres, and all you do is train and practice and do sumo. So these guys, not only do they live there, they have to grow their hair long, so they don't no no mo no mohawks or mullets in the dojo house. All right, and um, they're going to basically get up at five a.m. and train for hours. Yep. So every stable has a ring for practice. A common ritual is known as shako. Here they stand with their legs apart and their hands are placed on their thighs or knees. So one foot's bent, planted firmly on the ground as they raise the other leg in the air, banging the foot down to the ground. They believe this is all by their lower body. Yeah, they they spend hours practicing that. Yeah. So these guys get up at 5 a.m., they practice for hours, basically just wrestling each other. So there's like 20 dudes living in this, this Stable. place. Yeah, living in this place. And um, they call it the life of Rikishi. If you're a sumo wrestler, it's the life of Rikishi. All you do is train yep. 24-7 pretty yep. much. So they practice for hours, they wrestle, they do these little moves, they hold these stances. And then they eat a giant meal afterwards. Um, they eat this dish called shankanobi. It's kind of like a stew. Yeah. It's got meat, vegetables, and stuff. Um, it's not like they're eating fried chicken. They're really yeah, just, they're, on, they're on a certain diet. Yeah, they're really just eating this one meal. Yeah. So in a way, their life kind of sucks because all they do is Just wake up and train. Train. They're not really allowed to go anywhere. They can't drive cars. In fact, if you wanted to leave and go out and do something that night, you'd have to get permission to do so. Yep. And then you got a wrestling partner that goes with you. And if you get in trouble or do something wrong, you both could be banished. Yeah. In fact, there's been some pretty serious hazing in some of these little dojos. We'll just call it a dojo because I don't know what to call it. But they live in these places, and, and people get hazed so bad, some of these guys end up dying. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. I, read, I know I read a couple articles that... All right, so they train all morning. They eat this food, uh, Chonkanobi. They eat as much as they can, six, eight bowls, however much. And then some of these places have these guys pound a bunch of beers so they can get even extra full, and then they take a nap. Yeah. They do an afternoon siesta. When they wake up for the nap, they do chores. Yeah, I believe that. Clean, I know I read that, too. Clean the dojo, cook their dinner, do each other's hair. That's that's pretty much it. There's no TV in there. There's no life outside of that. Well, and if they're married, the wife, uh, which is known as a Okomijian, they play as the supporting members of the stable, but they also organize the functions like you're talking about, like the outdoor stuff, going out oh, and doing right. stuff. I didn't know these guys could be married. And they make dinners as well as recruiting too. Interesting. When they join the dojo and they commit it to the life of Rikishi, they get a new name. Yeah. So you're no longer C. Dizzle. You're now Warrior. Yeah. Or Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> the ultimate. Yeah. With yeah. with the purple makeup, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what? I'd I'd want I'd I'd want my sumo name to be like Man Child or something. Man Child is a I sumo wrestler. I have no idea. That's definitely not Japanese or that's not Japan, it, sir. That, that just came to me. <laughs> but anyways, dude, you're, these matches only last a few minutes. So you think about it. If you train for six, eight hours. You probably wrestled everybody in your dojo what a hundred times a day. Like, oh yeah, probably. I mean, they just basically collide into each other. Yeah. They say that when two sumos crash, it's like, it's like an earthquake. It's like, yeah, it's like a couple. It's like a couple. You know, G shocks worth of force. Yeah, you know? I believe it. I mean, imagine if a four to five hundred pound guy hit the floor. Uh, well, they're not even that much. These guys are like two sixty. 
They're, you know, I mean, you think about it, they're really like, they're like uh, 260. But, still. but these guys don't really get to date. They don't get to do much. You don't make any money unless you're a Yokozuma. Right. Those guys make money, but other than that, you you don't. Right. You know, back in the day, they would travel around and, and just wrestle for the kings and emperors, but now it's it's all about these tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. So these guys don't live very long. Um, I don't know. Did we? I think we talked about the life of of a, a WWE wrestler. They live about fifty five. NFL linemen live to be about fifty three. Sumo wrestlers they're about in the same area. They yeah. don't they don't live very long. Yeah. And the other thing is, if if they don't make it as a sumo, what do they do? I mean, your whole life you change your name and everything to live this rikishi lifestyle. Yeah. I would, I mean, that'd be kind of cool to check out to see the after life of a sumo wrestler. Dude, there's some videos on it. So what these guys do is some of them get depressed and go back home. Some of them become business owners or chefs or they become sumo coaches. Yeah. I believe the chef part because, I mean, you're eating the, you're getting that, you know, that recipe from Mm -hmm. the wife that's in your dojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's dude. It's a fascinating life. It is all you do. I mean, think about it. what age you decide. I want to. I want to change my name, give up everything I do, and go become a sumo wrestler. I mean, that's definitely a young age, you know. But you're like, man, all I do is going to train. I'm not going to go out and do anything. Like yeah. actual life. So I'm going to stay here in these dojos and just train all day. Dude, they got some great, great matches online. Uh, there's one guy. He's a white guy, and you could tell he had broad shoulders and. Uh, probably pretty good core strength. He was just tossing these boys. Just yeah. All sorts of these guys, just tossing them. Totally, totally fascinating. Right. Yeah. So there it is, folks. That's the life of a sumo wrestler. 24-7 wrestling so that you can compete in 12 tournaments a year where you might wrestle 15 times if you make it the full 15 days of the tournament. It's very it's, it's very unique and very interesting to look into a life of the sumo wrestler yeah. and learn about their life because there's some stuff there that is quite interesting. Women are not allowed to compete in professional sumo wrestling because they are considered unclean due to religious practices. Because they're nuns, yeah, like we just said in the previous. Yeah, it's weird. A lot of abuse goes on with these stable masters, man. The guys that run those places, they're, they're something else. Um, that's where the hazing and all that takes place. So, I don't know. These guys really aren't going out and having fun. They definitely don't date or do stuff like that. So they don't really get to enjoy any kind of good Chinese or Japanese food or culture. So. No. Anyways, moving on. So. So, agreed. Um, you said you had a you had a few come on mans and. I've got a really. Props to that guy, so yeah, we got for us, brother. I do. I've got a good come on, man, uh, yeah. this week, uh, and we're going to the we're going to the ice for this, sir. So, in Detroit, Michigan, there was a um, a Detroit Red Wings Zamboni driver. If no one knows what a Zamboni is, it's a big machine that clears out the ice. Um, for all the height, or everyone knows what Zamboni is. Yeah, he's a Zamboni driver. He's a Zamboni driver. Yeah. So he was fired after another male employee found him urinate in a drain at Little Caesars Arena, which is the home of the Detroit Red Wings. So a lawsuit was filed in Michigan uh, that the driver was 68 year old Al Sabotka. 
claims he was discriminated against because of his age and disability, which be a violation of state's Elliot Larson Civil Rights Act. So what happened was he returned the Zamboni into the, the garage at Little Caesars Arena after using it to clean the main rink's ice. He said he, uh, Saboykin, who claims to been diagnosed with Bennigan prostatic hyperthermia, which causes frequent urination. He felt he needed an urgent need to go. Uh, so according to the lawsuit, the nearest facility was 60 to 70 feet away. So he urinated in one of the drains that collects the Zamboni's ice runoff. I mean, come on, man. If you really got to go that bad, why couldn't you just stop at the bathroom on the way to the garage? I said he had a health condition. You know? I honestly don't think he should be fired. I don't think he should be fired either, but, I mean, come on, man. You got to take a leak so bad, why can't you stop? You well, know? I don't know. Dude's got a health condition. I mean, the drain he took a leak in really didn't go anywhere, from my understanding. No, it's just like basically the drainage that he went in, uh, that he went to take a leak on was a place, it was basically just old sewage yeah. that goes right back into the... Uh, like the runoff really old ice. Man, he might have he might have a lawsuit on his hands. Yeah. You fired a guy with a health condition for taking a leak in a drain. It really didn't want really to go anywhere because you didn't have a bathroom accessible. I don't know. I mean, should he be fired? I don't think he should. But... I mean, come on, the Red Wings. You yep. know what I mean? I nah. agree. I don't know. Um, that's kind of crazy, though. And from my understanding, he's taking a leak and someone just watched, saw him and then uh, snitched. Which, it's like, what the heck, dude? That guy, what did you like to tell the boss? Hey, man, I just saw Ralph over there taking a leak in a drain. It was another employee, another male employee yeah. spotted him. Yeah, who does that? So the next Seriously, day, who does that? So two days later, the supervisor and the human resource representative. Come on, man, to the employee that snitched. Yeah, but he was fired on February 17th. Well, that's too bad. You know He what? drove the Zamboni for 30 years. Cheers, that guy. I'm Cheers sorry. I'm that sorry, guy. that guy. I'm sorry having you, man. Do you have a call on man this week, sir? Uh, I do not. I do not. So, Gotcha. Um, we're going to go local for this one for the props to that guy. Mine's more props to that team. And we're going to stay local. We're going to stay in the state of Kansas. Uh, props to Walmigo Baseball, high school baseball team, for breaking a 29-year-old record. Uh, so what happened, Walmigo uh, broke the record for the most stolen bases in a game. They had 20 stolen bases last night against Marysville. High school, uh, previous record was thirteen, and that was back set back in nineteen ninety four by Blue Valley Northwest. Twenty in a game. Yep. Wonder how long that game went. Seven uh, innings, five. Probably five, because the final score ended up being uh, sixteen to four. Wamigo. That, that catcher and whoever pitched must have just sucked. Yeah, yeah. It's totally on the pitcher and the catcher there. Yep, I agree. You know, but that's still pretty impressive to have twenty stolen bases in a high school game, though. But well, hey, good for them guys. Yeah, so props to, props to Amigo for uh, for breaking that record. Yeah, I hope I hope I hope Jeff West breaks that record. So I hope so too. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! You know, uh, I know we did this last episode, but I think we need to say congrats to uh, Brother Neely and Sister Kelly for tying a knot for a wonderful wedding service they had there. Yep. If you guys even listen to the show, congrats! If yep, you, if congrats! You, if you don't know who they are, just pretend you do. Yep. That was a fun little service. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. You got anything else? Um, I guess go Royals. Well, I know I have one more thing. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. We need to... We need to... Uh, one more thing. Yeah. One more thing. Sorry. 
Uh, you better say it now. I'm going to say it now. Don't worry. Hey, look for uh, look out for uh, some categories. For, we're going to do a super classy Midwest sports awards show coming up. We're going to get everybody's feedback. We're going to get some categories, uh, some nominees, and we're going to have you guys vote and you think who's going to win that core category. It's kind of like the ESPYs a little bit. We're going to do it our way, though. So keep your eye out for that on Facebook and everything. So. And on that note... They would say an Alan Fieldhouse. Rock, Chuck, Jayhawk, K. See you next week.